Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Made Harrison a little nervous there because this show is named something else in other forums. Uh, Today's show, we are going to talk about the uh, Lakers beating the brakes off of the Golden State Warriors uh, to the point where, Harrison, you had a tweet go viral for comparing the Warriors to a G League team. I think that's kind of mean to G League teams. Wait, did that go viral? I genuinely yeah. did not realize that. Oh, I think okay. I saw it was up to like four hundred ish like likes and stuff like that. It was well done. It was a good tweet. Oh, for I mean, four hundred likes isn't that big of a deal, but yeah, I mean, no, it was. Uh, thank you. I was very proud of that tweet. And uh, yeah, the Warriors are not good, Anthony. I saw someone. I wish I could give credit, but and I don't know if you saw who it was, but somebody tweeted that the Warriors second unit looks like a bunch of YouTubers, and I was <laughs> laughing very hard at that because. Nothing has ever been a more accurate description of the Warriors' second unit. Well, look, I mean, the NBA is really focused on on allowing influencers into its league and and trying to really go after social media stuff. And and it's really cool that they allowed that that redheaded social media influencer the opportunity to go out there and play on the court and and interact with players the way that they did. Probably not the smartest thing in the pandemic to just let people off the streets and and, and into NBA gyms and stuff like that. But you know what? You do what you got to do. I'm sure they texted, uh, They tested Max's nice before they let him in the game for the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I only know who that guy is because I've been told a bunch of times that he sucks. Yeah, like, he's really bad. Only- the only yeah. reason I know who that guy he, is. Like, so he, Lakers, challenged, he challenged Kyrie Irving to a fist fight for telling him to not appropriate his culture and make fun yeah, of him. So, yeah, he, he sucks. Yeah. 128-97 uh, to 97 was the final score in this one. The Lakers winning in San Francisco uh, against those Golden State influencers. And, look, the the story from this one is going to be Montrez Harrell. Like, I, I have been beating the drum that I'm not sure about the fit there. Uh, Pete made sure on to, uh, to, to, to force me to give Harold his, his flowers for this one. You can't write, you can't ding that one. I didn't tell everybody I'm not, where to find it. No, I'm not digging anything. Oh, I, I thought, I thought you were making a note of when no. to, be, to bleep that out. No, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to you talk. So it is, uh, so his line is 27 points, five boards, three steals, uh, on 11 of 14 shooting, and one of those 14 shots was a three-pointer attempted at the end of a quarter that he clearly thought he was uh, fouled on and would not have shot otherwise. Just a phenomenal game there for for Montrezl Harrell in, against uh, Wiseman, James Wiseman, uh, somebody who I was a little nervous heading into it might not be the best matchup for for Harrell just because of the size and. Shouts to Harold. He he made me look like an idiot again. No, I mean I, I think he made a lot of us look like idiots tonight, especially because and really, honestly, the last two games, I think he's been really good because we haven't yep. po- podcasted on here since that. Or I guess Christian and Jacob did yesterday, but I don't know how much you they can only about explain Christ. the Lakers so often. <laughs> well, here on Lakers Explained, we're going to explain how well Trez has been playing. You know, I, I like honestly, he's been really good. I thought that Vogel was right when he was talking about Trez the, is starting to make some steps forward, I think even defensively in terms of figuring out kind of 
their system and the way they want to use him and all of that. And yeah, like, I, I don't know that any of us are not any of us. I'm sure there are plenty of people that have been giving Trez his credit, but you and I, I will say, I don't think have necessarily given him his due. And I don't think that mm-hmm. necessarily we're valuing him as much. I'm someone who I, I have a great actual aesthetic appreciation for Trez's game. I don't know how you feel about it. I enjoy, like, I just like guys that go hard all the time. And you could tell that like, even when he messes up, like he is going hard out there mm-hmm. and he's like throwing his body around like you know just all that stuff and I do enjoy watching him but I I did have questions about how you know he fits into this team for the postseason and is he a part of the this like the units on this Lakers roster that look the best and all of those things and you know I, I think on some note those are Concerns for a later day, that's something that the Lakers are, I mean, either they're only going to figure it out and when the postseason rolls around or he's not going to be here for that or whatever, but they, they can't know that right now. But for what they need in the regular season, they need an energy guy like this. And I, I just want to stop really quickly and I want to take credit for this because you know, ever since hmm. I included Trez in a fake trade for PJ Tucker when those rumors started coming out last week. And again, fake trade, not sourced at all. I just said, look, if the Lakers actually want to make a trade for PJ Tucker, you know, this is the only contract that really works and makes this a feasible thing. And, you know, ever since then, he's balling out. So I feel like I inspired him by putting him in the trade machine. I think he just like, he saw the article and was just like, oh, you're going to trade me for PJ Tucker. And well, how about this? And then since then, he's averaging like 49 points a game, basically in the paint. Uh, I, it was probably pretty easy for him to, to do that, to, to see his name in, in uh, hypothetical trade talks, because I also put his name in that same trade. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, so here we, are. we did this Lakers fans you're welcome you're welcome exactly it's Lakers explained and Lakers that we get to take credit for is, yeah. is what you come here for we did uh, it it was nothing Trez did <laughs> it was us he was fantastic he was really really good now I, I am kind of curious you say you did have questions are you saying that as a past tense, like in, 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 in regards to like when you had those thoughts and you have now moved on, or is it just, you know, that's where we were. We still might kind of be there even despite him playing the way that he did. No, I just, I, I definitely do still have questions, but I think the other thing that I've kind of come around to and the thing that I've thought more about is number one, he has genuinely looked like he's making progress on D. I mean, again, again, it's against not the two best teams in the NBA and the Pacers mm-hmm. and the Warriors, but he, like Pacers he's looked have been good. Like decent like, this year. They've been all right. Yeah. They, they've been on a little bit of a skid of late. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. did two of their podcasts last week and they were talking about how the team's been struggling and stuff like that. And so, and I think, I believe they've lost several in a row, but anyway, like these are not either way. These are not like top tier contenders where you'd even be worried about Trez against. Like those are the teams where, you know, when we talk about playoff matchup stuff or playoff matchup concerns, we're talking about the, best of the best teams because realistically Mm -hmm. like let's say the Lakers get like I don't know like the Blazers again or something in round one like I'm not that worried about Trez in that matchup because the Lakers are good enough that they're going to destroy them either way they could pick on Trez all they want that's the best 18 of all time you're talking about what are you talking about I'm talking I'm talking about you know like the Clippers I'm talking about the Nets and like really like that might be where the list I mean I guess maybe the Nuggets considering his uh 
his struggles last year against that team. Mm-hmm. If the Nuggets start to round into form and get it together, I'm not super worried about him against the Jazz. Like I- I'm not super worried about him and a whole lot of these other. I'm not super worried about the Jazz in general, but I'm just not super worried about him in a lot of these matchups. It's against the best of the best teams. And the thing that I've thought more about, and you can kind of take the baton for me here if you want, is like even against those teams, if Vo- if he's not doing what he's supposed to do on defense, Vogel's going to bench him anyway. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so again, I don't know, like, is his salary slot, like the best use of that amount of money when you could maybe trade it for Tucker? Like, I mean, maybe, but also Tucker hasn't been that good this season. So I'm willing to hear the argument of not even not that good. Like he hasn't been good this year. Yeah, like, I think he will be better when I, wherever he goes that isn't yeah. Houston because that's just, like, a horrible situation for anyone yep. to play basketball in right now. But that said, like, I also understand why people were upset at the idea of including this really, really productive player who is better than P.J. Tucker for a guy that might maybe fit better in the playoffs, which, you know, we're talking about five minutes at the end of a game. And sure, that can decide playoff games and stuff like that, but... You know, if Trez isn't working, the Lakers are going to go for, away from him anyway. And maybe he is worth keeping around for nights like this and to give you this kind of injection of energy that you need in this injection of production. Honestly, the Lakers just need guys to produce right now. And he is a guy that can go in there. And we saw tonight he can get you 20 and 10 when Anthony Davis is out. Yeah, I my hot take regarding the whole like P.J. Tucker or Montrezl Harrell thing uh, is is that like no matter who the Lakers acquire, like no no matter who the Lakers go into the playoffs with, neither of those guys are going to be on the court in big moments. PJ Tucker, I think, I would have a chance to crack it, but uh, more so than Trez does. I don't see it because you still want LeBron at the at the four, you know. And well, you want, no, you I want... mean a lot of those units had Markeith at the four. Well, sure, but I'm I'm saying that like I still think I think the Lakers' best front court is going to be the. Uh, the, the combination of Kuz, LeBron, and Anthony That's Davis. true. Kuz may have made this moot now and that he is like a better version of, I mean, not a better version of what Markeith was last year, but he's a better player right now than what Markeith was last year. And maybe and, he makes this whole conversation moot. And we also can't forget how good the three-guard lineup with LeBron and AD was th- at the beginning of this year too, before AD went down, uh, where that where that unit was coming on, where it was what it was uh, Schroeder, KCP, and Caruso, yeah. and then LeBron and AD. So you have, I, I, my, my take is that like no matter who they have here, uh, I don't think the last five minutes is where this player is going to matter as much. Where it might matter is, is the other like thirty three or thirty two minutes that AD is on the floor for, like trying to optimize those minutes as much as you possibly can because. P.J. Tucker, or at least the theory of uh, the thought of P.J. Tucker. Yeah, theoretical P.J. Tucker. Right, not this year's P.J. Tucker. Very much not this year's P.J. Tucker. Theoretical trying harder and playing better P.J. Tucker. Yeah, the theoretical P.J. Tucker was somebody who is a professional basketball player. Like, he just hasn't had very many of them in in Houston this year since uh, Harden went down. And so, you know, I, I... that that is, and I think we'll we'll pick up on the PJ Tucker stuff here in a bit, a little bit more. Yeah. But but that's where I, I I find myself kind of debating: do are is the point here to optimize the the minutes that Anthony Davis is on the court, or do you want to mitigate against those minutes where he isn't? Right, and that's the debate between 
Harold and PJ Tucker. Before we move on, though, I do want to give a couple shout outs for. Yeah, we got to talk a little more about this game. This was a great win. Yeah. Uh, Kuzma continues his stellar play. He is, well, LeBron was a game high plus 33, but Kuz goes for 17 points, four assists, five rebounds, two steals, shoots seven, 11, seven of 11 from the field, three of five from three point range. Oh, for one from the free throw line, the Uber rare air ball for a tech free throw that you, I have never on Harrison. I've yeah, been I don't know basketball. that I've ever seen that ever. I've been watching basketball for 30 years like that I'm, I can kind of remember and I've never seen that ever. Did you hear what his explanation was for it? The 3.5. I, I, that was the hardest. Some of the hardest I've ever heard Pete laugh on was, was getting that explanation, the three and a half uh, magnitude earthquake. But I do got to say like this guy, Kuz is, uh, is, is, is is something else, man, where, where the way that he is capable of, of stepping in, and impacting the game, and, and I, I've, it's one thing to have the skill set to be able to impact the game in the various ways that Kuz has has impacted the game so far this year, but it's another to understand, and, and and he's I think hopefully starting to understand what the team needs on a night by night basis, depending on how the game is going around him, and and once he figures that out, I I, I do legitimately think he's he could become one of the more valuable kind of role players in this, in this league, the, the defense that he played, like there was that one weirdo from warriors, Twitter who tried to dunk on coups by showing Steph do all these things, trying to, to shake him loose and all that. Yes. Yeah, Steph, like, Steph made a lot of moves and made coups move back and forth. And it was this crazy thing. And then Steph just like passed it out. Like coups, right. coups just stayed in front of him the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, it was honestly great defense, but that's the thing. There yeah. are not very many guys Kuz's size who could do that and move their feet well enough because that was Steph trying to make Kuz look stupid. Yeah, he like was the, trying to put Kuz on a Shaq and a Fool highlight. Right, and and he and he couldn't. He moved on, and and I thought that was in, incredibly impressive. And then you you combine that with the way that Kuz shot the ball tonight, uh, other than that trip to the free throw line, and and he was really effing good. No, yeah, he, he's – and you said something about him being one of the better role players for this team and around the league and whatever. If he starts to kind of find this balance that he really does seem to be finding, I, I think we saw when AD went down, there was a little bit of hesitancy almost on his part to go back mm-hmm. to playing a little bit more like this and being a little bit more of a willing scorer. And since then, he seems to flip the switch back on. And as soon as he figures out, like, game to game, okay, this is what the team needs for me. You know, tonight we need rebounding. Tonight we need – scoring tonight we need what uh, tonight we need just focus on defense and trying to keep Steph out mm-hmm. of the lane and stuff like that I, I mean what an upset over the version of Kuz that we saw his rookie like would you ever have imagined in a million years I, I know it's almost become cliche but I feel like we have to point this out at this point like just how much he's grown not just from to go from a, being a guy who like at times was kind of bad last year to mm-hmm. a guy that is one of the Lakers more valuable players, but just the type of player that he has gone from being uh, this guy. It's like, ah, like empty calorie score maybe, but I'm not really sure I see a whole lot else to this guy that can kind of do everything at, at least like at the very least, like a C plus level at the NBA level. And it's really, really impressive what he's turned to. And, you know, in some cases a B or an A and it's, it's just amazing that he's turned himself into this. He's a winning NBA player. And yeah. that's about as like, that's how I 
that's the prism that I look at basketball through. That's the, can, can you help me win basketball games? And that was kind of my question, by the way, with, with Trez that I saw the talent. I see the talent. He's an immensely talented NBA player. I just want to know, like, how are you going to help me win basketball games? And, and, and that was always a question with Kuz too. Even when he was scoring the way he was scoring with his rookie year, I said, all right, like there's this skill set here. Now, can you build on it to help the Lakers win basketball games? And, and last year and, and the year before that, I would say, no, he didn't. He didn't build on it very much. And, and so far this year, he very much did. And, and by the way, like doing that, building on your game after you sign the extension is, is just really impressive. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing to watch kind of take place before our eyes. No, that's uh, like right. arguably as impressive as anything. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we have but seen most guys don't players. most we've seen most guys do not get paid and then get better. You know, right. like right. you you have most, ner- of, <laughs> most of the time it's Hassan Whiteside or Andrew Wiggins or whatever where they're like, Yeah, I'm gonna keep trying and working on my game, and then they sign the huge deal and it's like, I don't know if I really want to do that anymore. <laughs> Wait, my bank account is at what now? That's me with David, basically, is is <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick second here. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the PJ Tucker trade talks that are apparently still going on. Uh, we also, by the way, got to preview the Lakers uh, playing in a back-to-back against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, that game gets a lot easier because of the way that this one went. So all of that here in a bit. All right, so I'm going to rely on you on the actual context uh, that that you know from which this these either potential or theoretical like what what level of trade talks do you think the Lakers are actually have actually had with the Rockets for PJ Tucker? So I do think that we have uh, it's not advanced level trade talks because this has been going on for you know we've been hearing this name connected to them for a little over a month now and we have yet to hear a specific package at all and so it can't be that advanced level of trade talks because we'd be hearing right. some players or something like that but the the reason that I do believe that this is very legit and this is not just like you know agent trying to drum up name team trying to drum up interest whatever this is now two separate reporters that we've had touch on this at least multiple times and Woj and Shams and I believe there's uh, been one or two others and you know that doesn't happen if these are not real dialogues and these are real discussions that have gone on so like that that's the other part of this thing that I want to preface this discussion with is it doesn't matter necessarily if you or I or anyone listening to this or any Lakers fan out there wants PJ Tucker that matter that doesn't matter the the Lakers clearly want PJ Tucker mm-hmm. or we wouldn't have had this months-long kind of rumors and reporting and the latest one came from Shams Karania today who just said that Milwaukee Miami and the Lakers are still engaged with talks on talk in talks on Tucker and that they the talks have kind of hit an impasse to a degree because Houston wants a young player and the subtext of that is these teams either do not have or do not want to give up a young player for PJ Tucker in a deal that, like to make it work and so where this kind of I think leads us back to our discussion and even talking about Trez a couple minutes ago was that part of the reason that like a trade for PJ Tucker is really, really difficult to construct because the Lakers are under the hard cap. 
And, you know, they have to send out equally matching salary. All of their young guys don't make that much yet because Kuz's mm-hmm. extension hasn't even kicked in. So even if, like, even if you they did want to part with Kuz, which at this point, which I don't, don't think they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any way they want to. And, but even if they did, it would be hard to include him in a trade because, you know, you'd be sending, you'd be having to aggregate multiple players together to make it work. And, you know, how much, the, I mean, I'm sure the Rockets at this point would definitely take coups for PJ Tucker, but the only way that it really works under the cap. And again, this is me coming at this from the brain of the Lakers are interested here. So what could they do to make a deal work? Like, what are we looking at if they're interested in some kind of trade talks here? And the, like the only conclusion that you can really reach is that it's Trez for Tucker straight up. And at this point, it's hard for me to believe that the Lakers would do that, but it's just cap wise. It's just really, really hard to make another trade construction work. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now and I, while you were talking, I was trying to figure out ways for the Lakers to pull off a, a move for PJ Tucker that don't involve Montrez Harrell. And the only one that I'm looking at here that that makes even a modicum of sense, and I don't even think it does it really in this case either, is Wesley Matthews, Marcus All, excuse me, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I just don't think you can give up THT. Yeah, for, that's a lot. That's yeah. I don't. I don't think that's a good idea. Like you know, your only, starting center, your best young guy, and I mean Wes Matthews for Tucker, a guy who. I guess at that point would be starting for you, but you know, that that's a, that's a big gamble. Like, and so yeah, is trading I mean, you, could, you could, you could go with, you know, cause it, it they're apparently asking, you know, they're, they're going to want a young piece, maybe a, a draft pick or something like that, but you also still have to, to make the contracts work. And also, by the way, the fact that the Lakers only have right now, they have 13 under contract plus uh, the, the 10 day that they have with Damian Jones, Right, they would have to get. They would eventually have to add players on onto their roster that via free agency or something like that, uh, and and that gets complicated as well. If yeah, you're going to so go this route, you giving that up- gets. I, I have done this math today, and I drove yeah. myself insane. He, here's how difficult it is to construct a trade. So let's say that you want to do, you know, Wes Matthews, Alfonso McKinney, Jared Dudley, and like a second round pick. To get right. to get Tucker out of Houston, and it's like this is the version of the trade where the Lakers are essentially giving up not really anything all that meaningful out of their rotation, and they're getting and they're giving up a second round pick, and the Rockets are just like, well, we'll do it for a second we round pick find, because this guy's going to leave us anyway. Yeah. By the way, this so, is this is honestly where I think the late like when we talk about trade talks that the Lakers have had with Houston, I think that's this is probably where the Lakers trade talks with Houston are at. I don't think well, they've even. <laughs> I don't think they've they've put Montres Harrell on 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 the table. No, I I cannot imagine that they have, especially this far out. Because it would have been done that. already. And and with how well he's playing, like uh, especially now with AD out, you're not. This is not the type of trade you make while AD is out too. That's the other subtext here. Mm-hmm. Of at least not including Harrell in it, because then it's like you're really screwed. Especially while Mark is out too. And yeah, yeah I mean, not that you should you know, hinge your season on how a deal affects two games or something like that. I mean, you could just basically throw in the ta- throw in the towel if you want to. But yeah, I, for all those reasons and more, I don't think that that is like the Trez for Tucker one is one that's going to work. But then if you try to go this multiplayer route, Houston has to free up roster spots. So mm-hmm. they have to like, they have to like cut a guy. But then if the Lakers do this and 
you know, it's not either whether it's during Jones's 10 day contract or not, if it's not during Jones's 10 day contract, then all of a sudden you're dropping your roster down to uh, 10 players. And no, it would be 11 because Tucker would be coming back. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 11. And the league minimum is 14. So you're going to have to figure out how to sign three players under the hard cap while taking on an extra million in salary in Tucker's deal because he's Mm -hmm. making a little less than a million more than those guys. And so they basically, to get the league to not void this trade, they'd have to be convincing the league that they had a plan in place to sign these three guys and do so legally. And to do so under the cap, they would most likely have to like dump Markeith Morris you know, in exchange, like for basically nothing or a token asset or someone right. like that, somebody that's not making very much money. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so you're sending out four guys to make room for this one guy. If you're trying to do the multiplayer trick, it just doesn't work. And right. so that's why, I mean, number one, there needs to be more critical thinking and like cap analysis in these like team has been discussed for this player, like whatever, like it, it's almost getting to the point where, if they're if you're not telling me what the package that they've discussed is, that's not real reporting of trade talks to me because you're just telling me that this team is interested in this player but also has no real avenue to go get them. Technically speaking, talking about, you know, trade talks could be as much as I'm I'm the Lakers, do you want to be the Lakers or Houston? I'll be Houston. All right, so I'm 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 Rapalinka. Okay. I would literally be the most happy person on the face of the planet if we could acquire PJ Tucker. That's fine. My owner says fire sale because we're not making any money and he's broke. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. That's it. That's that's technically a trade talk. We just yeah. talk trade, you know. And so, and and you're right. Like you know these, and and, and by the way, like expecting expecting to get those kind of details, the the whatever no, the Lakers the in this no case, incentive to give them yeah, out. the Lakers I, aren't gonna aren't gonna give that information up because uh, like no. they they're the good team. Houston might because they're already in in dire straits, but the Lakers definitely aren't gonna give that information. No, especially not now that Magic Johnson's not in charge. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, if, if this Magic was Magic Johnson, we would have heard half the roster's name for PJ Tucker by now. <laughs> right. Right. So I think like, no, my issue is less with, I understand why we are not getting those details. Mm -hmm. I just also like, don't lie to me or like oversell the amount of info that you're telling me because I'm looking and, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, I actually, I don't, I do know this. I know that Rob Palenka and Houston's GM and their like front office people are way, way smarter about this stuff than me. So maybe they figured out some avenue to make this work that is actually feasible for teams to do that both teams would consider a somewhat fair deal, but clearly they have it or a deal would be done. And that to me, all of that. And the fact that I have been sitting here now driving myself insane, trying to find (laughs) a trade package that would actually just, just that would work under the cap and not get voided by the league. In a vacuum. (laughs) And the only one is Montrez Harrell for PJ Tucker. It's just like, what are we talking about anyway? When we talk about trade talks, you know, like they, they, no, those teams want TJ, PJ Tucker in the bio market, you know, like they don't, Like and they and maybe want he, to make sure that his agent knows that they try that they tried quote unquote to trade for him quote unquote right and, and and maybe and maybe he does make it to the to the buyout market and at that point he would make a lot of sense for the Lakers even as a yes even, as a buyout he he would make a lot of sense who would you rather have if it if it came down to I guess it would have to come down to 
Jones, Drummond, or PJ Tucker? Because I think the Lakers still want to add a wing. So who would you between those three options? Which well, would that's you, presuming which, a wing is available. But right, yeah, but, but okay. We'll just we'll pretend they signed. Eventually, a wing. they're they hoping signed, that one becomes available. Yeah, they've signed theoretical wing X, and so they have to pick or or, the, or they're guys. leaving or they're leaving a, a roster spot open for. Uh, yeah, hypothetical wing X. So I, I think an X wing. So you're saying Drummond, Tucker, or Jones? Uh, yes. So I would go, I'd honestly go with Tucker. I think he'll be better in a winning situation. He's the Mm -hmm. type of veteran historically that LeBron has gotten a lot more out of. And Mm -hmm. sometimes even like one last hurrah to a degree, as we're seeing with playoff Rondo. And as we saw with, you know, the, the last bits of juice that Tyson Chandler had in his legs when he came over and all that stuff, like Tucker is the kind of guy that in a limited role on this team playing for a really good defensive coach, I think could have a lot of utility. And, you know, I, I just feel like he, at least, especially if you're keeping Harold and you're like, okay, we need this productivity off the bench and whatever during the regular season. So let's take a shot on a guy that makes our best lineups better to me. If you're keeping Harold and you're keeping Gasol, this is the other thing. It's all the talk about getting another athletic center made me feel like maybe they were out of love with what Harold was bringing when you add it in conjunction with he's the only one that works mm-hmm. in these P.J. Tucker trade talks, you know, that they're supposedly having. And so that was more why I was including him was it seemed like philosophically maybe they were shifting in the way that they wanted to approach this. But if you're keeping Harold, then you want to take a shot on a guy that makes your best lineups better. And to me, Tucker, out of all those guys, has the best chance to do that. Because if you're keeping Harold and you're keeping Gasol, I don't know that Drummond's going to play over those guys. And yeah. I certainly don't think Jones will. And so for me, it's, you know, Tucker, you take the chance that he's a better version of what Markeith Morris gave you last year in the playoffs. And that's a really valuable player. Yeah, I, I agree. Just because, like, you have to hope that Marcus Gasol comes back at some point this season. And if uh, Mar- he's going to come. He's going to come back. I mean, Fra- Frank Vogel even today didn't rule him out beyond the Timberwolves game. Now, so that doesn't mean that he's going to be back then. Mm-hmm. But the it, oh, over the weekend, he just straight out said he's not going to be back Monday or Tuesday. And this right. time, he didn't say anything. So we don't know. Right. And and but like you know, we we need to know. We we got to see what he looks like when he comes back because when you're in this when you're in the protocols for this long might lead one to believe that he might have it um and and so if or at the very least he's been not playing basketball for two weeks you know while already playing himself into shape right and so so you know you got to see what he comes back and, and looks like whenever he comes back so that's one thing and if you think that he can come back and regain his stamina and, and get his legs back under him, then a Drummond doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, but I, I, I think, I, I just think I've, I've always really liked the concept of a PJ Tucker type, a biggish wing who uh, can, can kind of fortify themselves because like PJ Tucker is built like a fire engine like, or a, a fire hydrant. He's not moving when anybody tries to post him up. Yeah, no, and, when LeBron tries to post him up like he did to Nico Mannion tonight, like right. P.J. Tucker, there's no one in the league that's sending P.J. Tucker back one foot at a time, you know. No. I mean, maybe <laughs> he will lose that battle sometimes, mm-hmm. but sort of like Josh Hart, or, you know, he's honestly the original Josh Hart in the sense yeah. of, like, he is literally just, it's like posting up a fire hydrant. He's yeah, not going to move. 
It's like that yeah. that vehicle in Twister, right, where they they send the spikes into the ground. Like that dude is just not moving when he doesn't want to be moved. Yes. And so you got you got it was Twister before your time. Tell me that wasn't too old a reference. I that was I did not understand what you just said, but you visualized it with your arms, and that helped me just get it. But yeah, that, maybe okay. that's a rewind and reconsider uh, movie. You've never seen that. Twister? No. Wow. I thought you were referencing the board game. To be honest, I didn't even know that was a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was with it was like uh, Anthony how, plays Twister different than I do, but all right. <laughs> I ground myself, you know. Jen Is it just, based I, on the board game? Move me? No, it's not at all. It's about tornadoes and these storm chasers. I know, I'm just messing and, with you. I know what yeah. it is. <laughs> Helen, I think it was like Helen Hunt and the dude who was in Titanic, uh, also. But anyway, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, this doesn't no, matter. No, <laughs> so so the. So, but yeah, I, I think the concept of PJ Tucker is such that even if he has a down year so far this year, I would I would gamble on the talent and the concept of a PJ Tucker before I go out there. And even though, by the way, Andre Drummond is really talented too, I just I just again I get I, I fall back to how are you going to help me win basketball games? And I don't know that Andre Drummond helps me win basketball games in any meaningful way that is different than Marcus Gasol. And only one of those guys can play at the same time, whereas PJ Tucker could. I at least hypothetically play next to Marc Gasol, which it would be kind of nice to, to be the able to go to lineup in NBA history. Yes. With two C's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just need like Kyle Lowry as point guard who metal world pieces. Well, I guess LeBron's like, he's pretty thick. So he could be, he yeah, could LeBron be your could small be forward there. Yeah. So who, and Dion waiters is like your shooting yeah, guard. Deion Wait- they got to bring Dion waiters in. Dion waiters <laughs> is the wing. He's wing X, but they need to bring in. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, Dion Waiters, LeBron James, PJ Tucker, and Marcus All. Is that the slowest lineup in NBA history? All the hits. <laughs> like LeBron's fast the for his size. But lineup. Yeah. No, <laughs> the hits so don't I, line up. <laughs> if there's one thing, if there are two things that we've learned from this podcast, it's that Anthony Irwin, unlike other people, evaluates players based on whether or not they're good at helping win basketball games. No one else does this. No one else has thought of this before Nobody. you. It's nope. the primary thing that you want to judge a player on. And number mm-hmm. two, I think we both love conceptual PJ Tucker. It just <laughs> is a matter of whether or not that player still exists is the question. All right. Now that we figured all those things out, let's, uh, let's wrap We've on. We've explained them. One could say. <laughs> Lakers mansplained. All right. So let's, uh, let's get out of here uh, talking about this or getting you guys ready for the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, game it is the second night of a back-to-back. Fortunately for the Lakers, though, they didn't have to try after, like, the second quarter. And uh, and even LeBron was in there just long enough for a triple-double. I didn't, it's wild coincidence that he uh, happened to pick up a foul right before, right after he, oh, that, he grabbed that. Oh, that was really lucky because they needed to get him out of there, you know? like Yeah, it was... It was uh... I was I spent the whole quarter telling Jen, like, watch LeBron. This is actually hilarious to watch. Uh, but the you had the you have a Minnesota Timberwolves who have been up and down and mostly down so far this year. Anthony Edwards is one of the more kind of exciting rookies, even though again his play doesn't really lend itself to winning too much. He is super fun. He is super exciting. Legitimately okay, charismatic. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, What's his I, PER? Like, let me, let me know what his true shooting percentage is if you tell me if his dunks are good. I mean the the dunk the dunk was good, but you know to be completely honest, he played a crap game that night, and that's all I really care about. Help me win basketball games. I'm kidding. 
I swear to God, I'm kidding on this one. <laughs> He's not. That he was, was stone faced during that. That was one where the sarcasm was like way too. <laughs> it was, it was not, too real. It was, not, it was not sarcastic enough. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun matchup for the Lakers. It's another one where I think they could potentially walk away with it, 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 one of the easiest back-to-back games or, or sets of back-to-backs that the Lakers could possibly have this year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Anthony, I have, I, I, I have decided to preview this game for our listeners because I feel like you know. Not a lot of people are super – the Timberwolves are the worst team in the NBA this year. Beyond Anthony Edwards' Twitter debates over whether or not his dunks are exciting if he shoots badly. Like, not a lot of discussion of Timberwolves on the timeline. And, like, I, you know, I'm just going to quiz you and, and kind of by proxy our listeners so they can yell out the uh, the answers to no one mm-hmm. if you're not getting it. But, Anthony, I'm just curious if you know who the Timberwolves head coach is right now. It's Finch, right? Chris Finch? Good. You're better than Google. Google says Sam Mitchell. I have no (laughs) idea how that happened. (laughs) But it is Chris Finch. I was going to say David, but that's like a director, right? David M. Finch? Isn't that? I don't know. But yes, Chris Uh, Finch. David Kahn used to run them. That was uh, a couple GMs ago. I'm going to Google David Finch now. All right, go ahead. Who's your next question? And then uh, my next question for you is actually going to be... David uh, Fincher. Oh, okay. Isn't that an actor? No, he was... David Fincher uh, directed Seven. You heard oh, Seven okay. Movie? So director, yeah. Oh, when yeah. you said director, I thought you meant like director as in um, like like an like a director of basketball operations or something. No, no, no. All right. So I was going to quiz you on what the Timberwolves starting lineup is, but I am actually having a problem pulling this up because, you know, in a sign of just, well, they've had all kinds of, they've had all kinds of like starting lineup issues so far this year with all the injuries and stuff. But, uh, normally, okay. So here we go here. Here's their, so I just pulled it up for their most recent game. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, no, 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 I I want to try to go. I want to try to go. I want to, so Dan, well, Wait, current current starting yeah, current. lineup or for like, their most recent game. Who might face the Lakers in the starting oh, lineup? Man, all right, that's that gets tougher because I don't there, know. One is a, one is a gimme. One is a gimme. Anthony Edwards is one of them. Yes, uh, that was not the one that I thought was a gimme. But Carl Anthony Towns is he available? Yeah. All right, uh, he may have hurt himself in their most recent game, so he Good may not Lord. be. Uh, he may not be playing. Uh, is. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is healthy right now, right? No, he's not. He he's All right. Out. So so uh Ricky Rubio is, yes. is another one. Okay. He was right, just called Yo- He was just called Yoda, right? Uh oh, Malik Beasley is serving a suspension, right? So he's not available. Yeah, he has DNP Good. suspended by league in their uh, in their Lord. box score. I did not realize that was something ESPN even had the capacity to Real say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, now that that is difficult. Not knowing that is a tough one. Uh, is there a Hernan Gomez involved? Uh there is, but off the bench. There is a Wancho. Oh, uh, yeah, Wancho's <laughs> coming off the bench. I'm, I'm I'm out of names. That's it. I don't know. Jake anymore. Lehman and Jared Vanderbilt. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I only remembered that those guys existed when I went to this box score. Like I knew intuitively that those guys were NBA players. They could walk up to me in Starbucks and I would not know who they are. But Jake yeah. Lehman, Jared Vanderbilt are both on the Timberwolves. Man, that's uh 
I was going to ask a question, but I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that one to. Uh, yeah. So we got, so we got Lakers later. with missing like literally like almost half their roster versus the tip, the shell of the worst team in the NBA tomorrow. NBA where amazing happens. I do not envy our, uh, our taco Tuesday friends, uh, Alex and Alex for having to recap this one on, on Is, the pod. This one isn't on TNT, right? Oh God. <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> No, it's not. Okay. All right. It's not. Oh, thank Cause, God. Because Shaq would play who he played for for actual NBA starters. Like, or, or no, Chuck they wouldn't would play. Even, it wouldn't even be who he played for. It would just be them during the clips trying who to guess he? who no, that no. guy. Yeah, it would just be who he. <laughs> I think that's about as good as we, we should can honestly do. just transcribe this and have this be the Lakers Timberwolves preview <laughs> on the site. Like, yeah, just. <laughs> does the uh does the, the 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 article reader work in reverse lakers versus timberwolves preview who is even on this team who is that guy who is jared yeah. vanderbilt all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the silver Scooter roll podcast uh this was a fun one i enjoyed this yeah. one the La- this was a fun one because the lakers gave us a nice fun easy calming win shouts to the lakers for that uh, Two and hopefully wins in they- a row, Anthony. Two wins undefeated on the second half of the... It's a new season, baby. It is. Mike D'Antoni is right there and it's rolling <laughs> in his grave. Uh, <laughs> like Harrison said, the Taco Tuesday crew is going to take over for the uh, for, for tomorrow's game. And Godspeed, guys. I just, I just, if you're listening to this, Godspeed. They I might be able to what. record... They should record... They should record at halftime regardless of how the game no. is going. Just guess it. Pre-record the whole game. <laughs> LeBron was really good tonight, didn't you think so, Alex? Like, yeah, I thought he was great. I they really needed him, and and Trez was great. The Timberwolves just don't have a lot inside to slow him there down. And yeah, Carl so Anthony Towns it. slapped There's the teammate. Lot. It was great. <laughs> Everybody be they good. They ended a trade at mid-court, mid-game. Tune into tomorrow's uh, to tomorrow's podcast too to see if they actually pre-record the whole show. 